Inside the halls of American hospitals, millions of people find comfort, healing, and support. But for many doctors and nurses, this couldn't be further from the truth. This podcast will dive into the shadows of American healthcare to investigate and uncover the abuse, control, and political power plays that leave the very people responsible for our nation's health broken and battered. We're sharing stories of professionals in medicine that have experienced horrendous treatment at the hands of a broken system that does nothing to stop the trauma. As the Association of American Medical Colleges states, long before the Me Too movement, women in medicine have instinctively banded together to counter a culture that too often tolerated harassment. From systemic trauma to abusive power to the unspoken rules of cover-ups and corruption, Mandy Irby and Phoebe will take you to the darkest corners of healthcare in America so you can have an inside look at bringing humanity back to medicine. Sensitive content warning. This podcast will share details of triggering subjects such as sexual assault and workplace violence. So if you aren't in a space to listen, respect your mental health and tune in again at another time. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pulse Check Podcast. I'm Hehe, And I'm Mandy. And today we are diving into uh, capping the salaries of nurses. What the heck are our politicians doing? But when you, when you ask the public officials, they want to say, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. We're actually capping what the agencies can make. We want the money to go to the nurses themselves. So, Mandy, what the heck is up? What's going on right now? Oh, my gosh. Hey, he he. Uh, yeah, this is nuts. And I just want to hear uh, what our followers and what our listeners are hearing and thinking, too. It's changing every day. And just like you and I were talking right before, I was like getting so mad and my face is all red. And I was like, just hit record because <laughs> I can't with this. All of these links are broken. Everyone's backpedaling. There's all these like talks of disinformation and everyone's getting it wrong. So it's, it's very interesting. And I think we'll come back to it a few times. So, uh, continue, continue with us, continue listening because there, there can be a lot of disinformation, but what it sounds like. So I'm reading this letter because it's my mother effing representative, which got me so mad. Representatives Peter Welch from Vermont, Democrat, Morgan Griffith from Virginia, Republican, co-authored a letter to the White House. So I'm going to give you some snippets about this letter because Morgan, Mr. Griffith, said, I don't want to cab nurses pay. I want nurses to get paid all, all over the place. Okay, so he cited the letter written on January 24th of this year saying that the pandemic is fueling, you know, the variant continues putting incredible strain on our health, on our healthcare system. Yes, we know it's required many hospitals to rely on nurse staffing agencies to supply urgently needed staff to care for the increasing number of patients. Granted, this is 2022, right? Like the urgently needed staffing didn't start in January whatever now it's a problem if you would treat your people right like you you actually wouldn't have to rely on these agencies if you treated your nurses right because people would be lining up at your door to work at your facility but you don't so now you've created a shortage for yourself but 
yes, sure. We're relying on these agencies. Sure, sure. Us. <laughs> yeah, it's already like, what are you talking about is the problem? I think you're missing the point, Mr. Griffith uh, and Mr. Welch. But whatever. Okay. So they're like, oh my gosh, they have to rely on this nurse staffing agencies. Like there's so many other issues. Like this isn't even an issue, right? The hospitals have an issue getting staff. Okay. So there's not enough staff. Okay. Um, so they're using their staff agencies to fix the issue, increasing number to care for increasing number of patients. Um, our concerns that nurse staffing agencies are taking advantage of these difficult circumstances to increase their profits at the expense of patients and the hospitals that treat them. Oh, like the hospitals did like you, like you did too, like Amazon did everyone like, like the whole world did. Oh, you behind you, this, what? everyone behind this letter, like how many billions. And I heard a quote and I didn't look it up this morning. I heard a quote about the billions of dollars that just the vaccine companies have been making mm-hmm. annually on the vaccines. Like, um, I'm, uh, please, uh, dear Mr. Zients, uh, response team coordinator of COVID-19. I'm concerned about all the money that all the vaccine companies are making. Do you think you could put a cap on that so that it's not about money. Of course it's about money. That's why they did it. No one made a vaccine out of the goodness of their heart. The humans did sure. that were working. Those scientists, yes. Those companies, no. Those companies, the testing companies, like we are, this is capitalist yeah. society. Like the testing companies that we have to still fucking pay for in other countries don't. They get them and they can test. And it's like accessible. All of that is out of pocket and only given to the folks that can pay for it because the companies are making money. And your issue is the hospitals haven't been able to keep staff for a myriad of reasons. And now the issue is it's expensive to get them. Oh, no, you're missing the point. And like, why are we not taught? Why, if this is an issue, like, why is it coming up around nurses? Because Mr. I forget his name. Griffith posted this letter out of like, oh my gosh, there's so much disinformation. I never said I wanted to cap nurses pay. Do you know what happens when you don't pay staffing agencies for nurses? nurses get paid less. What do you think the staffing agency is going to do? Oh, you're right. We're just going to take a hit. So hospitals don't have to No, hospitals have had issues keeping staff for decades, decades. I've been a nurse for what? 13 years. And there's been a nursing shortage for the last 20 that I've known about. That's it. There's been nursing short. It's just this like phrase they love to put out. It's we don't prioritize keeping Mm -hmm. nurses, treating them safely, respecting their mental health, physical health, emotional well-being, financial needs. We barely pay them a living wage. Nurses I worked with, nurses all along the East Coast have to decide if they are going to pay for childcare or continue to work because they make around what it costs for childcare because there's no unions, because that 
they've been taken advantage of because no one, including themselves, puts the correct value on their work. That hospitals need nurses to run. We've all known that. And it's almost like hospitals are waking up and realizing, holy shit, we've had to close half a unit because we don't have enough nurses. They're willing to pay twice or three times or four times as much for the same work because they're having to close units. So they're paying travelers, but they thought, oh, this won't last long. We won't have to do this for very long. This won't be an issue forever. And now it's an issue for the long term. And they're going to legislation and they're like, this isn't fair. You have to make this stop. It's, it shouldn't be so expensive to get nurses. Um, bitch, you had your chance. What? It should have been this expensive to keep nurses all along. Yeah. Nurses are the money there. The money is there. Yeah, you just aren't allocating it in the correct way. So for you to claim like, oh, well, it's too expensive. No, it just may cost people who don't want to give up their deep pockets a little bit of money. Maybe your CEO doesn't get the $3 billion bonus that they got in the past six years. Like maybe you actually give your nurses their bonuses, right? So Mandy, what is going to happen there's talk on the, the internet streets, as Dr. Midwife loves to call it, um, uh -huh. about different states doing different caps, right? So instead of it being like a nationwide thing, we're going to leave it up to the states, which in my opinion is even worse. I think it's going to create even more of an issue because you're going to have states battling and then you're going to have some states that a traveler is not even going to touch with a 10 foot pole because why would I when I've got 10 other states who will treat me better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's already looking like that because there's some states that have unions and there's some states that don't mm. and nurses are learning that. I think it's, it's a huge eye opener to nurses, to us as a profession to healthcare professionals as a whole, it's a huge eye-opener to what healthcare industry, what the healthcare industry is prioritizing and they prioritize what they pay for, right? So they prior, they're still prioritizing the same thing over and over. Um, but it's, it's taking this for us to see, oh my gosh, like they really, we've always said, oh my gosh, they can't do anything without us. Like they need us, they need us. Um, it has never been the case. Like they have never, uh, I mean, managers, um, unit directors, they're always like, we just need a warm body on the floor. We just need a warm body on the floor. We just and we're like, oh, um, we're um, highly skilled experts in our field. We provide, you know, more than just babysitting needs uh, for your business to run. Like we do all of the charting for your legal team. We do, or, you know, a lot of the charting, like physicians too. The, the, the bedside care team does all of the charting for legal. They do all of the um, billing for billing. Like what, what are you going to do without these, this team in place? Physicians can't run or be on units without a nursing team to do the other part of the work, whatever. I mean, they're arguing all of this around money and legislation. And I think on the other side of it, the healthcare professionals are seeing with eyes wide open, 
what healthcare industry's priorities still are, how they feel like I can just act like a toddler and just scream and yell and say, it's not my fault because I, they've never taken responsibility for any of this in the past. And they're still like running to representatives. Here's a bunch of money. Fix this, fix it, fix it, fix it. We can't, we won't, we don't want to. And all the nurses, all the healthcare professionals, I think are kind of looking at it. Like it's a money business problem. You want something in your business, you get the money to pay for it. And if you want to be privatized healthcare and you want to make all the rules and charge all the, all the billions of dollars that you charge the innocent people of our community that need healthcare, you're fine to do that, to pay for lobbyists, to, um, put your money in banks and stock markets and grow and grow and grow all of this money for your not-for-profit, um, business. So it's just like all of the other things and other businesses I want I want, um, a website. I have to go pay for a website. I want shipping materials. I have to go buy them. Hospitals want nurses. You have to pay for them. And you have to be okay with the repercussions of when you cut corners, just like when you want to mail something and you buy the dollar folder and not the $3 folder. And your person says, Oh, my envelope was ripped to shreds when it got to me. Well, yeah, you cut corners. You have to be okay with that. So if you're going to be a state that caps your nurses and especially if you're not going to keep that cap competitive with the other states that also have caps i hope you have a plan of when you got no nurses in your state because no one's coming to your state Mm -mm. and then then we're going to be back to square one where we actually created an issue we're gonna be like help us there's a big problem yes that you created so just like a toddler right like how many times does a toddler create their own issue and then we have to stop help them emotionally process help them understand the cause and effect and then also offer them resolutions and that takes weeks, months, years with kids. We don't have that with healthcare. We don't have weeks, months, and years to figure this problem out. We're like actively hurting people every single day. Our medical staff are paying the price. Our patients are paying the price. Like our nation is paying the price. We, it's, we, we need swift action. We don't have weeks, months, and years to figure this out anymore. Well, they spent weeks, months, and years creating the issue now. Um, and yeah, we do need swift action and yeah, it is a massive issue. Um, I, I was just talking to a hospital the other day. Um, the midwife was like, Hey, we want you to come teach peanut ball workshops for a whole unit. Can you, can you come here? And we were talking about what are your goals with these workshops? Like, what am I walking into? Who's going to be there? Is it like pissed off? team members who have been begging for this. Is it you've already started and you want more and you want some team building, like what's happening here. And she said, we are a small community hospital and every hospital around us has closed or in the process of closing. And we need the best tools. Like our team needs the best tools to do the best care because we are the only OB department in the area. So either And what they're looking at is lost opportunity. The humans see it as like the nurses, the midwives, the OBs see it as, oh my gosh, our community doesn't have what it needs to 
have safe birth. They believe safe birth happens in the hospital and they want birth to happen in the hospital. And they're like, oh my gosh, what if there are folks out there who are too afraid to come here and they're not getting the care that they need? And I'm like, oh, valid. And then the hospital, of course, is like, uh, people aren't coming to the hospital. <laughs> no one's paying us. Their insurance isn't paying us. That's not going to work for us. Like we need people to come here and get help. Um, we need to like care for them so that they can pay us so that we can be a sustainable business. And what I'm thinking is, oh, isn't that funny that all of those community hospitals found it to be found business to be successful when they were playing this other game. But when they started having to take care of only sick people and their nurses weren't like, oh my God, I love my job. Like, it's such a blessing to be able to be a nurse and to be a physician. And like, you just, you just don't get this. You don't get to do this type of work just anywhere. And like all that just hit the fan at COVID and they're like, oh shit, now we have to take care of all sick people. And our staff is like stretched so thin that they have needs to be able to do their work or they're leaving because we're not providing it. Oh no, 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 no. It can't suddenly business is not successful. That model is not successful anymore and they have to close. It's, it's not as funny pickle. as my face, but yeah, it's what they say. It's really a pickle. And you know, a large part of me is like, we really need to figure this out. And I feel bad for a lot of people. But then when I look at it, I'm like, how can you feel bad for the medical system? They did this to themselves. And nurses and physicians have been yelling for years about the mistreatment and the abuse and that it was eventually going to come to a head. And, you know, it sucks that it took a pandemic to highlight all of this and that it's coming to a head during a pandemic, but it is what it is. And we are where we are now. I think there's no use in continuing to yell about the issue. Like the issue is very clearly here. If you aren't able to admit that there's an issue here, then you are just part of the problem at this point. We have got to start thinking about solutions. Like you really have to. Um, and one of the most obvious ones is just to reallocate your funds. Like Look at your spreadsheet, look at where the most of your money goes and make sure that that is matching the workload. And I would be willing to put money on a hundred percent of hospitals. I, I would be willing to put money on a hundred percent of hospitals in America do not have the money allocated appropriately to the workload in each of the lines on their balance sheet. I really do believe that. I really do believe that if we look at any hospital in America, even the ones that have the best reputation or the ones that have even the best reputation among medical staff, like people never leave there. They love working there. I still bet you would find that it's not right. It's not balanced right. Right. And I don't want to make light of this. Like I'm like, ha ha ha, because I'm mad. You got to laugh so you don't cry, right? It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. And we're talking about the professional side. When it comes to the patient side, like that is bullshit. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Because when you or your family member, your friends need the best medical care around, you're not getting the best medical care right now anywhere because there is not enough people to provide that. There needs to be enough people to be able to be safe and to give everyone 
care. They need people to be billing and charting and med pushing and assessing and communicating. And there just aren't enough right now. So the patients are the ones to suffer, but that's their kind of like, that's their stick. It's always been their stick. Like you get a text about, Hey, can you come in and work these extra hours? Because we have all of these patients who need you. That's how they have manipulated nurses for forever. And that's how they manipulate staff, the humans that are there because the humans want to do good work. The humans want to be connected to other humans. The humans want to be helpers and advocates and healers. And so it's written in this letter. Everyone sees it. Every like business minded person is taking this stick, this line. I mean, uh, Welch and Griffith say it right here. Thank you for your attention to the matter. These costs are simply unsustainable for many healthcare systems across the country. We urge you to ensure that this issue gets the attention from the federal government and merits to protect patients in dire need of life-saving healthcare treatment and prevent conduct that is exacerbating the shortage of nurses and straining the healthcare system. Just because they wrote it down in this letter with a pretty letterhead and they signed it at the bottom, they're legislators, doesn't mean it's true. It's the shit we've been hearing for forever. Oh my gosh, don't put anyone's health at risk because you have to go home on time. <gasps> Don't ask for more money because you're just taking it out of the pockets of patients. I mean, nurses are hearing it right now. They're hearing the backlash of people that don't really understand what's going on. And they're like, well, who's suffering here? We're all fucking suffering. Everyone, everyone, this is not, yeah, this is not a good situation for everyone. And we're kind of calling it out. Not kind of, we're finally calling it out. I support wholeheartedly every nurse that has to make the change that they have to make, they need to be protecting themselves because when you look at shit like this, no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. Well, here's the bottom line. So you work for that hospital. Your responsibility is to provide unbiased, evidence-based, compassionate care while you're on the clock. But that's the extent of your, your boundaries there, right? It's actually the hospital's job to make sure that that patient is cared for 24-7. So if you're off the clock and the, you know the, your hospital calls you, your employer calls you, you, you can hold that boundary. It's okay for you to say, I can't come in. That is not your responsibility. You guys, that hospital has a responsibility. If, I mean, they just got to hire more people. And if that means you got to pay people well, or you got to pay agencies to get your place staffed, maybe you should do that temporarily. And then take a good hard look under the hood because something in your system is not working. Hospitals should not be relying 100% on travel nursing agencies to staff their units. There is a big problem there. And the longer you ignore it, the worse it's going to get. And eventually your car is not going to start anymore and there's not going to be anything that you can do about it. And we're seeing that because these hospitals are closing down. Mandy, when you shared that this hospital is the only one and all of their community hospitals around them closed, my heart sank. Can you imagine the people who don't keep up with like this side of politics or maybe this side of what's going on in the community and an emergency happens and they go to the hospital that they've always known and it is dark 
It is yeah. dark. There's no one there. Yeah. There's cobware. You know, I'm, I literally have full body chills right now thinking mm-hmm. about how scared I would be. And also just what that must feel like as a consumer it, that the community resources you've always known aren't there when you need them the most. And yes, maybe you had a small responsibility in keeping up with like what closures are happening and, and where your nearest hospital is, but hospital closings are a really big deal. Like that is it, it's dangerous. It's really mm-hmm. dangerous. And I think that a lot of us are just acting like, oh, well, it's just like another business that closed and it's not. Right. This puts right. people's lives at stake, like in a very serious way. And our politicians are acting like it's nothing. That's right. And so hard. it's interesting that that letter specifically states um, this issue needs attention from the federal government. It's kind of like, why is the federal government not? in charge of healthcare. Mm-hmm. I know, I know controversial, but like other countries who have sustainable, healthy healthcare systems that have been making it through the pandemic, this healthcare system is not making it through the pandemic. This is a massive, massive overhaul. This shift will be forever. And it's almost like there are like healthcare deserts, just like there are healthy food deserts. So you go down the street and they're all the same places, right? They're lower income, rural communities, um, immigrant communities, black and brown communities, indigenous communities. Um, Those are the food deserts. Those are becoming the healthcare deserts. And if it's a community resource, when you say, when you say, oh my gosh, the community relies on these community resources, these right now are not community resources. They are big businesses. It's like an Amazon, um, shipment station. Like they are going to go where they can make the most money and they can profit and they can survive taking care of sick people with limited resources that they, you know, they have limited resources because they're a business. It's not coming in just well, it is often from the government, but they're, they're an independent private business essentially that get you know, payouts from the government from time to time and help with legislation and things like that. But they pay for that a lot of times on the back end. And, and we think of them as a community resource. And it's almost like thinking of Walmart as a community resource, right? It's, it's not, it's a business and they're going to go where they can be successful. And you're right. It, it is detrimental to the lives and the sustainability and the wellness and the well-being of our communities. When even in my area, we I heard from families who would drive to the hospital to go have a baby and they say it's closed. They'd have to call an ambulance or get into an ambulance to go to one that was open. Or, you know, they would go into the emergency room and be transferred to one that was open and they didn't know. So that also should signify we as consumers are not being protected. We need to be aware of this. And talk to our representatives and make sure that they know, hey, I voted for you and this is freaking bullshit. I need to be protected and I need community resources. I live in a healthcare desert and it's on you to help me. White people, you should be writing (laughs) in on behalf of these communities as well. Um, Like, especially I'm just thinking too, and look, insurance is a lot more intricate than this, but on like a eagle eye type of view, you pay hundreds of dollars a month for insurance coverage. 
only one hospital in your area covers that insurance covers or accepts that insurance. You go to that hospital and it's dark, doors closed. Where are you going? Where are you going to go get health care? Now you have cost all these people who pay hundreds of dollars each month and they still don't have access to healthcare, even though they have privatized insurance that you, the government told us we should get. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't yeah. care insurance, you pay a penalty on your taxes. So like, show me where our government cares about us, except in their typed up written words on letters. They mm-hmm. don't, they absolutely do not. This has got to, oh my goodness, this is just so bad. This is really really bad and everywhere you look yeah it's like a spider web like there are just more and more legs and arms and branches coming off this that impacts like everyone and everything this is scary this really yeah so we're going to have some links uh here on this episode and future episodes as well for places to contact your representative if you have the ability to do so and if you do have the ability to do so meaning you're on your phone or you're at your computer it doesn't take very long yep. and it should happen whether you are in a healthcare desert or not because mm-hmm. this is going to affect you and your family when you need health care um because either privatizing these nurse staff agencies or gutting them and not allowing them to take full advantage of capitalist society that we are in just as other healthcare entities, government entities have been able to take care, take advantage of the capitalist systems that we are in. Uh, it will negatively impact nurses. It will negatively impact every single community consumer of healthcare in our country. Absolutely. Do not let healthcare deserts be our next pandemic. And it absolutely has the potential to be if we allow it. Oh, shit. Well, on that note, (laughs) we're going to leave you to think about it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) but we'll touch back on this topic as it changes. There's already representatives that we didn't even include today. I just read the the one letter, but there's some that are taking their names off this. Nurses are um, scheduling a march in a couple months and they are really rallying, getting together and using their numbers and their power to try to make change in their um, specialty. So we will keep updating you on what's going on, but you should also update yourself on did your representative add their name to this list and what pre-written letter can you add your email to and send to them or give them a call in their office to let them know this is BS. We need different kind of help in our, in our healthcare, not taking money from nurse agencies right now. Exactly. The money's there. Just reallocate it. You can do it. We can do hard things. You guys, we can do hard things. (laughs) On that note, let us know if you want to be a guest on our podcast by checking us out on Instagram at pulsecheck.podcast. And you can fill out a form there and we can chat it up with you until next time. Bye. Bye y'all. Thanks for joining us today. We wanted to leave you with a quick stat and something to think about until we see you next time. According to a 2018 report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, the prevalence of sexual harassment in academic medicine is almost double that of other science and engineering specialties. This presents a serious danger that ripples into patient safety, clinical outcomes, and burnout, 
which leads to costly loss of talent. How much safer could medicine be if nurses and physicians weren't also battling sexual harassment day in and day out?